um, if you're not going to be able to um, uh, to be down in Hot Springs, to on that Wednesday night be much in prayer for your pastor because we're going to be speaking there in Hot Springs that night. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing some fasting this week, praying, seeking, trying to get a word from God uh, down there. And uh, uh, I definitely feel like... Um, uh, in my spirit, it, um, that the Lord is directing us uh, uh, in that endeavor, because there was there was some things that came up that uh, I was just this close. Uh, and Brother Paul here, he 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 knows well about it. Some things that's happened uh, with him and his job. Some things that's happened um, uh, on our job and where the time schedule of going back to school and everything, I thought um, I was going to have to um, uh, call uh, uh, the ones in charge and tell them I was going to have to um, uh, uh, postpone it and uh, not be able to make it. But um, I, I put it in the Lord's hands. I says, Lord, I says, um, you, uh, you work it out. If you, if you, go, if you, if you got a word for me to deliver in Hot Springs, and, uh, and so I went up and talked to the people I work for, and uh, uh, to be honest, I was I, I was kind of shocked and surprised some some of the reactions I got. But, but anyway, I'm going to be in Hot Springs. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, I, you know, I wasn't going to push it either way. I said, Well, I'm not going to push either way. I'm, I'm going to let let you decide this. And how many know that's the best thing to do? Let God decide. Sometimes we just uh, we pushing things, Hallelujah! Now we we're going to definitely be doing some prayer here um, in, in a little while. We'll get some things and some people to pray for, but we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the message today, and uh, and just to um, see what the, how the Lord uh, directs us, and because um, but I know we do got some prayer that we're going to be praying. So we're getting started. Maybe just a few minutes. It's just ten minutes to three, so I'm getting started a few minutes earlier than what I normally do, so uh, let's just see what the Lord is going to do. Uh, you know, I think a lot, uh, uh, before I get started, I'll tell you a little story, and some of our older ones, well, all of our older ones here, uh, when I mentioned um, um, Brother and Sister McNeese, Brother Leldon and Sister McNeese uh, know who I'm talking about. And uh, uh, I'm going to tell you what, uh, you you didn't go over that, you never did go over that lady's house where you didn't have to eat and, uh, before you left. Uh, I, a lot of this I'm carrying around today, I lay some of the blame to her because I, I ate a lot of times at her house and I, frankly I, w- I wasn't hungry, but I mean I had to eat before, before I left. And uh, she enjoyed seeing people eat, and uh, you know, and and um, and if she knew what you liked to eat, and uh, a lot of times, and she knew you was coming ahead of time, she'd fix what you like. And you know, on the same same uh, token, it's good to see people hungry over God's word. Uh, and uh, you don't see that as much today as what you used to. Uh, amen. I, I, I can I can remember remember well that uh, eighty or ninety percent of people in churches when they came in they come in with pen and paper in hand ready to take notes. They're hungry to receive something uh, uh, from God and to feast upon the Word of God. And, and uh, uh, it's good to um, uh, to uh, to hunger after God's Word. And uh, we we want to get beyond. Uh, just the uh, the sincere milk of the word. That's good. That's that's necessary uh, when you're when you're coming in and as you, as you're young in God and, and and you're beginning to grow. But praise God when you get a little bit older, Amen. That uh, you're able to sit down and get a little meat of the word of God, Amen. Because um, some of the things that we are facing in this world today and we're going to face uh, uh, not long in the future, uh, It's we're going to need as much of the meat of God's Word as we can have. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. 
we're going to go ahead and uh, get started now. I got four uh, scriptures uh, that we're going to read today for our opening text. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> this is a little more than normal uh, what I do, but um, we're going to read First Peter chapter three. Then we're going three different places in Hebrews uh, for our opening text, and um, it's important to do this to um, uh, get the foundation laid of what we uh, uh, want to try to bring across today. But First Peter chapter three and verse eighteen. Then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter seven and then Hebrews 9, and then Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, if we get a little fast for you, I'm sure they will have it on the screen, and you can just follow it from that prayer. But First Peter chapter 3, and verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. The main part we're focusing on right there is Christ also suffered once for sins. Then Hebrews chapter 7, verses 25 through 27, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests, talking about all the ones, the high priests that came before Christ, um, uh, all those who offered up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once, talking about Jesus, for all when he offered up himself. Then stand in Hebrews, going to chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear the second time apart from sin for salvation. And then finally in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, 11th verse, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, everybody knows who the, this man is he's talking about. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, and for that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them one time covered it all. Look at somebody else and tell them one time covered it all. Hallelujah. Now, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah as you sit down. Christ also suffered once for sins, 1 Peter. Hebrews 7, he did once for all when he offered up himself. Hebrews 9, 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. And then Hebrews 10, he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I come to tell you today under the Spirit of God and in the power of the Holy Ghost that one time covered it all for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody from Aaron, all those Levites and the Levitical priesthood from the time of Moses until the time that Jesus Christ come on the scene, they were constantly going in, killing bulls and goats and lambs and turtle doves. Amen. And then 
started uh, catching the blood in a big bowl uh, and taking it and sprinkling the blood uh, on the brazen altar and then on the brazen laver and then going in in the holy place uh, and anointing everything in the holy place uh, and then going behind the veil. Uh, amen. For the ark of the covenant was uh, and there presenting that blood. All uh, oh, but when Jesus Christ uh, came on the scene, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, went into the presence uh, Lord of God in the throne of the heaven uh, carried his own blood. Uh, that's why he told Mary and Martha, touch me not uh, because I've got to send to my God and your God. He had to go untouched uh, into the throne room carrying the blood uh, because that sacrifice once and for all settled it. Woo! Hallelujah! Woo, I feel the Spirit of God right now. Hallelujah. Can you stop and think about it? All of those people in the Old Testament, every year they had to go back and do the same old thing over and over again. Because what they were doing, what those high priests did, could not atone for their sins. It could not cleanse them. The only thing it did, amen, was push their sins forward another year. Because every year the Bible says there was a remembrance of sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Every year they'll have to go back again. Go through the same old process. Because if you remember what I read to you, those priests first had to offer sacrifice for their own self. Hallelujah. Because they had sin in their own life. But Jesus Christ, our great high priest, Lord God, had no sin. Neither was any God found in his mouth. He didn't have to sacrifice for himself because he was holy and pure. The only holy man that ever walked this earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He was able, amen, to cleanse us through one sacrifice forever. I heard somebody preaching one time and uh, I don't even remember who it was. I can't, and if I did, I wouldn't I wouldn't call their names, but uh, I remember them preaching one time, and they were saying that we're all going to go before the judgment seat, and we're going to stand there, and we're going to have to view our whole life. Everything that we ever done is going to be on a big screen like, and we're going to have to see it all, and we're going to have to view all of that, and then we're going to look, amen, as we stand before Amen, the judge, to see if our names are written down and all that. Oh, but I'm glad, Brother Ricky, amen, for Romans chapter 8. There is thy file for no condemnation. Who are them who are in Christ Jesus, glory to God, who walk not after the flesh, but after, glory to God. You might be looking forward to the white throne judgment, but I, hallelujah, my sins has already been judged. They ought to be atoned. I ain't going to go to heaven and stand there and see my past. God's going to say, what past? You got them under the blood. There ain't going to be no past. Hallelujah. It's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. That one sacrifice. Amen. That one price that was paid forever. Forever. Glory to God. Your sins cast in the sea of forgetfulness. Never. Now I know there's some people down here. They ain't going to never let you forget some stuff. Amen. Here you are trying to serve God and do and do best you can for God. And you got always somebody bringing up 40 years ago. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But you know what? If I was dependent on bloods of bulls and goats, that might be true. Hallelujah. But the blood that covered mine was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It did. It wiped it out. It obliviated. There is no past sin for Samuel pride. It is under the blood. Can you say amen? If that don't 
give you hope and give you room to shout. You're dead and don't know you ain't got nothing to shout about. One time did it all. Took care of it. Hallelujah. That's why I'm serving the Lord today. As one old songwriter put it, he's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. Cannot tell it all. Hallelujah. When Paul wrote his first epistle to young Timothy, he was a young man that he was training and mentoring, bringing it up, amen, to follow along behind him. And actually, when you read the book of Timothy, it's a, it's a letter, it's an epistle. Paul wrote to Timothy's, it was a training letter. Amen. He was teaching him. He was giving him information that he was going to need. And when Paul wrote his first epistle to Timothy, he made sure the young and upcoming evangelists understood the primary purpose of Jesus Christ's first coming to this world. Hallelujah. Paul wanted Timothy to know this young man that he was training to send out to be an evangelist. He wanted to make sure that Timothy understood the main reason Jesus came to this world. Because in the very first chapter, in verse 15 of 1 Timothy, Paul wrote Timothy and said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus, this is 1 Timothy 1 and 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom he says, I am chief. That was the purpose. That was the purpose of Christ's coming to save sinners. He came to save sinners. So now. Let me just stop and say, if you're one of those who think you're not a sinner, then Jesus can't do anything for you. Because if you're not a sinner, he didn't come here to do a thing for you. Glory to God. If you're not a sinner, Christ can't do anything for you. He came to the earth to save sinners. And if you're not too prideful to admit that you're a sinner in need of the grace of God, He can do a whole lot for you. Oh, hallelujah. Because He came into this world to save me. Mm. That being said, that being said, the next question is how did He plan to go about it? If he came into this world to save sinners, how did God plan to go about it? How would he accomplish the task of saving sinners? Well, I'll tell you how he would come. He would go about it. He came, and the way he went about it is he paid their fine. He paid the penalty for their sins. I, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but huh, there have been some times in my life that I wish there was somebody there who could have helped me pay my fine when I went before the judge. <laughs> I used to be a little bit heavy on the foot when I was a younger man. Well, just let me come out and tell it like it is. I always say I tell it like it is. I'm just plain stupid crazy. It's all about the grace of God. I'm still standing here. Get out there in that little 64. Uh, yeah, I, one time in my life I owned a Ford, Paul. Hallelujah. That little, that little Ford Mustang and that 289 high performance, and I had that thing souped up. <laughs> Headed down in, at least there wasn't, there wasn't nowhere near as cars on the interstate. It's what it was now, because where we lived out in Millersville, the interstate, 
stop right there. You had to get off. There was no more interstates. You had to get off and get on the, on the whole. Somebody says he's telling how old he is now. <laughs> but man, I'd just get out there, man, just go plumb crazy, and I'd I'd constantly going down going down that straightaway as you was coming to the to the dead end of the interstate, passing where the old Oscar Meyer used to be there, going down through there many times, 115, 120 mile an hour. You're right, Pastor. You was crazy. Well, you look back there at Sister Darlene. She's just as crazy because she was sitting next to me riding with me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let me go back and say now that there have been a lot of times I wish there was somebody there to pay my fine. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. But you know what? You know what Jesus did for you? He paid your fine. Just like I was acting a fool and acting crazy, trying to kill myself. And at that time, I was too young to realize I could kill a lot of other people too. If I wanted to do that, I should have got out on the racetrack somewhere. But the same token, when you was out there in the world, acting a fool, acting crazy, doing everything you wanted to do just because it felt like, you felt like it and it felt good. And you deserved, my Lord, you know what? I, 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 I imagine just about everybody in this house today could honestly say that if it wasn't for the hand of God, we'd already be six foot under in some cemetery, every one of us. And you know what? Just like I deserve the fines and the tickets that I got in the day, we deserve hell. I'm hey. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing just 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 because I'm the one up here with a microphone preaching. I haven't done nothing worthy of heaven. It's not within me; it's all in Him. The difference is, He paid my fine. He paid the penalty that I should have paid. Oh, God. I should be lost on my way to a devil's hell. Sis, when I, when I stood there checking my pockets and not having the right price to pay, my high priest says, I got that covered. stamp paid in full meaning I don't have to remember it again next month, next year hallelujah, five years from now glory to God or at the judgment because when I get to the judgment my sins have done been forgiven hallelujah, and all they're going to see when I'm walking through this, he's been covered by the blood, he's been covered by the blood oh hallelujah, that makes me rejoice So he came into the world to save sinners. And the way he decided to do that is to pay their fine. Romans 6 and 23. I could quote it. A lot of you could quote it. For the wages of sin is death. Let me paraphrase that wages. For the penalty of sin is death. For the fine of sin is death. But the gift of God 
I noticed it said gift. It's not nothing that I earn. It's not nothing that you earn. You're not earning nothing by being here today. You can't earn your salvation. Hallelujah. It is a gift of God. It is the grace which is that unmerited love and favor, glory to God, that He bestowed freely upon you and me and you and nobody else has got any right to brag about nothing. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins. Let me just put it in in my talk to you in just plain everyday language. When I say He paid for my sins, brother. What I'm actually saying is that Jesus Christ got hung up for my hang-ups. He was hung up for my hang-ups. He was a sacrificial lamb who took away the sin of the world. The prophet Isaiah spoke of the suffering of Jesus so eloquently almost 750 years before he was even born. Isaiah 53, 2 through 5, talking about Jesus when he would come. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did um, not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Uh, yet we esteemed him stricken, uh, stricken, uh, smitten by God and afflicted. Oh, but he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, ah, ah, ah. And every man and woman in here, you can take those scriptures and personalize them just like I did. Hallelujah. Read those verses and personalize them. Don't say we are, but say my. Because he did it for you. He did it for you. Because of his innocence, because of his lack of personal sin, his blood was pure, spotless, and capable of redeeming the sins of your past, your present, and your future. Did you hear what I said? His blood is capable. That's what the scripture meant I read a while ago. He's able to save you to the uttermost. Somebody preached a message one time, Brother Ricky. You may have heard, you may have made the comment from the guttermost to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It was perfect. It was pure. Able to cleanse your sins, past, present, and future. My Lord, my Lord. One time covered it all. Past, present, and future. One time covered it all. Once was enough to pay the price and appease the wrath of a holy God who brings judgment on sins. As Jesus died on Calvary, while in agony, he cried out, It is finished. 
The debt's been paid, finalized, and accomplished one time. Covered it all. Hallelujah. Don't never let the devil lie to you again. Glory to God. Believe in the finished work of Calvary. He said it's finished. Woo, my, my. It's finished. Hallelujah. One time covered it all. Well, glory. I've got to, i got to get myself a little bit settled to finish this up. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to talk to you just briefly about prophetic shadows. Prophetic shadows. When, when looking back into the Old Testament. It is amazing how God used people, events, and circumstances to point to and foreshadow His greater and sovereign future plan. Much of what was done in the Old Testament was types and shadows pointing to the reality of what God really wanted to do. Give you two or three examples. Eve and the serpent. Hallelujah. The seed of the woman. Again, and just let me tell you right now, when he was talking about the seed of the woman, it wasn't it wouldn't talk about Cain and Abel, not even Seth, the seed of the woman. Hallelujah. Amen. Was looking forward to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. He was born of the law, born of a woman. Is not that what the Scripture says in the New Testament? The serpent, type and shadow, when he talked about the bruising of the heel, hallelujah, in the head, hallelujah. Man, we could get into some good stuff right there. The story of Abraham and Isaac. <laughs> oh, Lord. Abraham waited so long to have that promised son. And then when the son finally came, and he began to get a little... Right after he got, you know, within, 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 his, within his teenage years, God speaks to him and tells him, says, I want you to offer up your son, your only son Isaac, burnt offering. I wonder how many times you've sat in here and said, man, Pastor Sam is preaching some really tough stuff for me to try to live by. I've never told you to go out and take the life of your firstborn yet, have I? Hallelujah. Think about that. Think about that. God told Abraham to do that. Abraham gets up. Gets a little caravan together. Begins to head off. Going to the place that God told him to go to. <laughs> after they traveled after they traveled two or three days, the Bible said Abraham looked afar off and saw the place. He told the rest of them. I like this right here. 
He said, y'all stay right here with the animals. Y'all just stay right here. He says, me and the lads, we're going to go yonder, and we're going to worship and come again. You know what? There was no Bible back in that time. Abraham never heard one sermon preached about anything about a resurrection. But yet, in the New Testament, in Hebrews, in the whole call of faith, it says that Abraham believed that God was able to resurrect him from the dead. And he ain't never heard nobody preach about a resurrection. Do you know they did not have a hope of a resurrection in those days? Oh, but he became the father of faith. He became the friend of God because he believed God and that was accounted for righteousness. I'm talking about types and shadows and I'm going, I'm taking a little long this but man, I, I got I to tell you this. He takes the boy, he lays some wood on his back. Talking about types and shadows now. Jesus had that weight laid upon him to carry. And they got up there as he was going, as he was talking. He says, Father, says we got the wood, we got the fire. Four is the sacrifice. He said, Son. Lord will provide himself a lamb. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people miss this next thing. Because after the fire was built and Isaac was laying there, and Abraham had that knife stretched back in his hand, and God seemed he was wooden, stopped him at the nick of time. And he looked over in the thicket, and there was a ram. They took it, and they offered the ram. But God had already said, he already said, God would prepare himself a lamb. The ram was offered that day as a type and a shadow. But that whole scenario was the day that the Lamb of God. Oh, Jesus was the Lamb that Abraham was talking about. My God, hallelujah. Because when John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness and Jesus Christ came coming, he looked and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That was a ram they saw caught in the thicket. It wasn't a lamb. It was a ram. (laughs) It's a type and a shadow of the real plan of God, what God wanted to do. Let me hurry on here. Lot and Sodom was another type and shadow. That happened. It it was a literal event that took place. But God used that to point to our day. Because it said, So as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be the day the Son of Man come. Amen? And do you know, Lot knew what was going to happen. But yet he kept waiting. He kept tearing. And the angels who were there in the form of men kept trying to get him. Come on, let's go. You go back and read the story to make sure the pastor's telling you right. But it's, I promise you I'm telling you right. Hallelujah. Light. His life was represented right there. He done built something right there. There was, there was, there was people he knew. They were friends. 
he was hesitant about leaving. I wondered a lot because there's all kind of talk about whether or not when the rapture would take place. You got your talk about your pre-trib, mid, and all that, and and I and I I I, I, I do not, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to pose any kind of argument with nobody. I mean, however how you see it, that, that's fine. I mean, you know, people want to talk about you know where heaven's going to be, if it's going to be up there, if it's going to be down here. I, I I don't care where it is as long as I'm with Jesus. But I prayed and sought the Lord for a long time. And the Lord spoke to me and told me to go back and reread the story of Lot. And he told me in my spirit, he says, when you read this story, you're going to see how it's going to be in the rapture. Lot kept tearing. He didn't want to leave. He, he, had, he still had ever seen. You, if you go back and find out... He left some family behind. Do you, do you know that the, the, one, the daughters that went with him were virgins? But the Bible talks about he was talking with his sons-in-law. That means evidently that he must have had some other daughters there. But the angels was trying to get him to go. And I went back and I read that, and the Spirit of God got a hold of me to give me the answers I was studying about the rapture and His second coming. Because finally, the angels looked at Lot, and they says, Come on, because we can't do nothing till you're out of here. The judgment on this earth is coming. But it's not till the, till the Lord's bride is safely gone. The only thing that's holding this planet together right now is the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus is the glue. Hallelujah. The moment that he makes that call, come on, my bride, arise. Man, this thing is going to split wide open. And if you'll find out, the angels literally picked Lot up and set him outside the city. God told me that's a type of the rapture. When I'm going to pick up my bride. Because let's face it, folks. I know we all love the Lord. But you telling me a little white lie if you sitting there and tell me that you don't have some strings that's tying you to certain things in this world right now. Every one of us has them. But it's a type and a shadow. So Lot and the destruction of Sodom was a type and a shadow. And then there's the story of Moses and the getting the water from the rock. And I'm I'm gonna I'm on I'm gonna really I'm gonna finish this message up in this story because this all puts it together, this message that I'm talking about one time covered it all. In keeping with this message, one time covered it all. The prophetic shadow God used in the event of Moses bringing water from the rock is going to give us some real good uh, insight. Now let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 20, and read verse 7 through 11. Now this right here, when I told you at the beginning I was going to give you some meat, this is going to be the meat of this message. 
you've gotten the appetizers, you've gotten some of the uh, uh, other things, but we're, we're going to give you some meat right now. And I, and I hope and pray that you that you, that you can pick up something real powerful here. Numbers chapter twenty. Verse 7, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring you bring water for you out of this rock. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. I'm going to slow down just a minute, and I want, I want you to get this. Because I've heard a lot of people in years past, talk about this, but they never bring the whole story out. Most I've heard anyway. This right here is the place where even Moses messed up with God. This scenario right here and what took place right here it's what kept Moses from entering in the promised land. The people were grumbling. They were thirsty. They were out of water. God spoke to him, told him to take your rod, take Abram. Go here to the rock. Speak to it. But Moses, a lot of people who talk about this, they, they bring out this part, but, but there's something that they leave out that's important, that's just, it's very important as being a shadow and a type. He, he called the Israelites, he said, you bunch of rebels. He said, must we fetch you water? Well, he, he was elevating himself on the same level of God when he said we. He wasn't pregnant. He was talking about him and God. When he took the rod, he smote the rock. Water came out. But he disobeyed God. And the process, and that cut Moses off from going to the promised land. Now, like I said, I've heard a lot of talk about that. And a lot of people talk a, little, a lot of stuff. But I'm going to show you something. That go, this goes deeper than what a lot of people overlook. That was not the first time that that scenario had happened. This right here, when I read what I just read to you out of Numbers, was close to the end of the 40 years that they had wandered in the wilderness. They spent 40 years. Listen, they, they didn't just keep going to new places. They were just going around and around in circles. 
They went back to the same places time and time again. That was not the first time they was at the Rock of Horeb. Now, I'm preaching to you about one time does it all, right? Go with me to Exodus chapter 17, verse 5. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod which you struck. Uh, which, uh, which you struck uh, the river, talking about when they crossed over the Red Sea, go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Don't mix these things up. It's two different events. Here was not long after they come out of Egypt. They got in the wilderness and they couldn't find no water. God told Moses, you take the rod that you stretched over the Red Sea. Take that rod and you smite this rock and water will come out. He did so. He obeyed God fully. There was no penalty, nothing wrong. They, everybody drank. They went on their merry way. But now, almost 40 years had passed. They were back to the same rock. And that's where we find it in numbers. If you can put numbers back up there. This time, God told him, he said, you take, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together, speak to the rock. Almost 40 years earlier, he told him to smite the rock. Now, he said, you take your rod. But don't smite it. All I want you to do is walk up to it and speak to it. Oh, I feel a Holy Ghost churning right now inside me. Hallelujah. If you think about this, if God didn't want him to use his rod, why did he tell him to take it with him? Why would why why did he say take your rod? But you speak to it. I don't want you. I don't want you to use it. I want you to speak to it. Let's let's pretend. Let's pretend this pulpit right here is the big rock of Horb. I've got a picture of that, by the way, uh, in, in my computer. Uh, uh, they were the archaeologists found that rock, and that rock has been divided. You can and and they can see erosion, and they can tell where at one time they said gushes of water had came out of there. All proven the Word of God. Let's say this is the rock. Here Moses is. The first time they ain't been out of Egypt long. He takes that rod. He smites that rock. And that rock splits and water begins to gush. Hey, and you wasn't no stream there. Listen, let me tell you something. There was two or three million Jews there plus the animals. It had to be quite a bit of water to take care of all that bunch. Everything's fine, but here they go. Moses wandering around. Not Moses' fault, children, it's because they didn't believe God. Waiting. Making a big circle, just just spinning the wheels, just like a lot of church people do today. Hallelujah. They get back to a place in time, they're out of water again. People are grumbling and planning. God tells Moses, says, get your rod. He says, he said, speak to the rock. Water come forth. But Moses didn't do that. He, he, 
He let his pride and arrogance and everything else get in the way. And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't just the fact. It wasn't the fact. I've heard people say, well, he, uh, God got him because he called his people rebels, and God got him because he did this. Let me tell you something. Moses intervened in God's divine plan. Because the rock had already been smitten. He told him to bring the rod. Let me tell you now. Here's the rod. The people coming back to the rock, they've got another need. They don't they don't have their sins forgiven once, but you know, we're all human flesh. We all got born again, but I guarantee you, I've committed quite a few sins of the first time I knelt down at that little low altar on Mars Hill many, many years ago. I mean, you know. Come on, somebody. He says, now you go back to that rock. Carry your rod with you. God, God's saying, listen here. That or even that rock. He's going to remember that rod. That rod is a, is a remembrance. And when you speak to that rock and that rock sees that rod, water's going to come forth. You don't have to smite it again. I know you're still not getting what I'm, what I'm at, so I'm going to give you one more scripture. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, Moses didn't stop, stick everybody underwater when they went through the Red Sea. There was not a literal baptism here. They walked through on dry ground. Hello, somebody, but yet it was a symbol of something. Hallelujah. He said they ate the same spiritual meat or food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. Once and for all. One time, Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. And he gave his back to those who smote his back. And the rock on Calvary was smitten. Do you hear what I'm saying? At Calvary, the rock was smote. That living water would come forth. And we could drink and be made alive. Here I come along 2,000 years later being convicted of my sins, kneeled down at an old mourner's bench, prayed, asked God to forgive me, gave my life to God. God, I'll serve you. I laid the foundation of repentance. Baptized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know what? The Bible says, what John says, the little children, these things are right unto you. He says that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen? Now, I've sinned and I've done wrong a lot of times. But Jesus Christ, once and for all, was smitten for me at Calvary. Every time I do wrong, every time I mess up, 
I don't have to go back through and lay the whole foundation of repentance. Matter of fact, Hebrews says, amen, he said, let us, amen, forget these things and let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. I get so upset sometimes. We got people, hallelujah, amen, it's been dipped in water so many times, glory to God. Amen. I mean, they, they just, they're almost pickled, I guess. Let me tell you what. Once you go to the rock and that smitten rock, waters come and flood you. Amen. And you obey the plan of salvation. When you mess up, and you're going to mess up, all you, and you find yourself approaching the rock again for another need. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm going, I'm coming to the rock. I've got the rod in my hand, but not to smite him, but as a remembrance. And listen here, glory to God. I accepted what Christ did for me at Calvary. Glory to God. That rock was smoked. Hallelujah. And it don't have to be smoked again. Once and for all, it was for all I've got to say is, Daddy, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't have to go back and get rebaptized. I don't have to lay the foundation of repentance again. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's done over with. This is powerful. Do you understand what the words kind of tell you? Moses was put out of the promised land because he messed up the foreshadow of God. Listen, that was a type of the rock of Jesus Christ. It was against the plan of God for the rock to be smitten more than once. You mess up, you do something wrong, you don't have to go and relay the whole foundation of repentance again. You don't have to come to pastor and say, Pastor, I need you to be. And you know what? I, I've already made up my mind. God's going to spoke to me, and I know I'm going to have some people mad at me. But I've preached this all my life. I ain't changed on this. But I still have people come to me. Brother Samuel, will you rebaptize me? Now, let me tell you something. We don't understand I've ever made up my mind, and I didn't talk to the Lord about this. When they when they come to me and they say, "Well, I want to get rebaptized," unless they ain't been baptized the right way the first time, I'm gonna tell them no, and I'm gonna send them on their way. It, it's not following the perfect will of God in your life. You and, and oh, but. But I, but but I, I'm feeling. Let me tell you something. You've got to accept some things by faith in Jesus Christ. When you see this message, what I'm telling you right now, that Jesus Christ was the rock and he was smitten one time, you go back and try to redo something, all you're trying to do is take the rod and hit him again. Now, I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I understand if somebody's not been, you know, Baptized according to plan, you know, and they, uh, I mean, they hadn't been emerged and everything, you know, maybe, maybe they just, um, as a child or whatever, been christened or sprinkled or whatever. But, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, baptism is more than just a sprinkling situation. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a representation of being buried, a dead man being buried. And you don't, you don't let nobody die and you don't take them out the graveyard and just sprinkle a little dirt on their head and just walk away. Now, I understand all that, but you need to get this picture here that we're trying once and for all. One time was enough. Jesus Christ, he paid the penalty for your sins. You don't have to go through the plan of salvation over and over and over again. All you got to do is go back to the, go to the rock. You might have the rod in your hand. Lord, and I, I come to you, and you, I gave you my life, and I've messed up big time. Forgive me. But you know what? He's already said, and this scripture was written to the church. This scripture here was not written to the to, to the lost sinner world. But the scripture that says, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse your sins and forgive you of all unrighteousness. 
that was written to the church. Confession your sins. Don't go back smiting him again. Hallelujah. Don't go back and try to, because that water that came out and first covered your soul, that, 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 that represents, Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, if you had asked me, I'd give you living water. Hallelujah. Never to thirst again. That, that, that's part of this. I just don't have time to get into it all. Hallelujah. See, this is some good deep stuff right here. We get, I'm getting, you're getting some meat today to take home to you. Something to put something on your bones. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's everybody stand. I'm not through, but I'm going to quit. Hallelujah. Once and for all, one time was enough. Now I know I want to give a few minutes to Brother Travis to come down and maybe him and Marcia and bring Sarah down. We're going to pray for her. We're going to pray for Travis's situation. And if anybody else has got something that you need prayer for, we're going to do that today. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to sing a chorus while everybody in the...